0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Higher education in America has gone through a significant change, with more women than men earning college degrees. What's the reason, and what's it mean for society? Here with the interview, InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is DeAndra Rose, Assistant Professor of Public Policy and Political Science at Duke University. She's written a book called Citizens by Degree, Higher Education Policy and the Changing Gender Dynamics of American Citizenship. Let's start with the meaning of your book title. When you refer to Citizens by Degree, who are you talking about?
1: So I'm talking about American women and the idea that by gaining increased access to higher education, college degrees, that they've been able to move into their roles as citizens more fully over the last 60 years.
0: There's clearly been a major shift in terms of men versus women getting college degrees. What are the current stats on that?
1: Oh, yeah. So in the 2014-2015 academic year, American women earned 57% of all bachelor's degrees that were awarded. I mean, that's really huge if you consider the large gender gap, the reversed gender gap that existed before the 1980s. So, well into the mid-20th century, men outpaced women as the recipients of bachelor's degrees. And so this reversal, you know, has been really striking.
0: Many people might think that the overall feminist movement has been the main reason that women have made these huge strides in getting degrees, but you don't think that was the main factor, do you?
1: I definitely think that feminism was an extremely important and crucial factor. We have a number of forces that get a lot of recognition in this shift. So we pay a lot of attention to feminism and changing social norms. We pay attention to increasing labor force participation among women, declining fertility rates, older age of first marriage, and those definitely have played a role. But I think that we've done a lot less in terms of appreciating the role that public policies have played, and particularly higher education policies.
0: Let's get into the public policy. I think Title IX is something that many people have heard of, but they don't necessarily know what it is or what impact it's had. Can you just kind of take us through the basics of Title IX?
1: Sure. So when many people hear about Title IX, they automatically think about athletics. And that's rightfully so, because as a result of Title IX, women and men have grown to enjoy much more equitable access to athletic opportunities. But that really stops short of telling the entire story about Title IX. So the initial purpose of Title IX was to address sex discrimination in college admissions and also sex discrimination in how higher ed institutions actually treated women once they were there and the programs that were offered to women. And so Title IX is a regulation that was built into this sort of rambling, omnibus Higher Ed Reauthorization Bill in 1972, and as a result of this regulation, higher educational institutions had to change the way they were treating women applicants.
0: Has Title IX been the jewel of the policy changes?
1: Oh, absolutely. So it's interesting that before the early 1970s, it was totally normal for women to understand that they had access to fewer seats in colleges and universities. And so, if you talk to many women of that generation, they'll tell you, I knew that if I wanted to go to college, I had to have higher grades than my brothers, or my extracurricular you know list of activities had to be really stellar, and I still might not get in, because basically women were competing against one another for a limited number of seats. And so Title IX changed all that. It said that colleges and universities could not, use gender quotas to suppress the number of women that they admitted, and they could not actually, as many colleges did, outright exclude women.
0: Our guest on InfoTrack is Professor DeAndra Rose from Duke University. She's the author of Citizens by Degree, and we're talking about the major strides that American women have made in attaining college degrees today. You spent an entire chapter writing about the importance of the changes in financial aid and how that's made a difference for women. Can you explain that?
1: Sure. So I think that higher education policy has acted as something of a one-two punch in a pretty devastating assault against sex discrimination and women's sort of suppressed participation in higher ed. And so the first blow in that sequence was definitely financial aid. So before the mid-20th century, I'd say all the way into the 1940s and 1950s, If a family had limited resources and they were trying to decide how to invest in their children's higher education, if they had sons and daughters, oftentimes they would choose to invest in educating a son because the son was likely to become a breadwinner for his family. And so women were oftentimes out of luck. And so then, you know, they had to try to find other avenues to pay for higher education. So maybe they would look for scholarships but private scholarships that were available to women were few and far between. What's interesting is that the federal government was pretty hands-off of colleges and universities until the mid-20th century. And so it was with the creation of the GI Bill in 1944 that the federal government even got into the business of doing broad-reaching financial aid. And so it provided a lot of aid to the overwhelmingly male GIs who were returning from World War II. And so it wasn't until 1958 that need-based financial aid became an option, and so that was the first time that American women, broadly speaking, had access to public support for pursuing college degrees, and that really helped to address that calculus.
0: Can you talk for a moment about the broader implications for women when they're able to have this greater access to higher education? Because it's obviously a big plus as far as their career earning power, but you believe there's more to it than that.
1: I really do. So I think that having access to college degrees has been a really important factor in empowering American women to become, as you say, you know, more economically independent, but also more socially integrated and more politically engaged members of the polity. For example, in terms of politics, there are a lot of skills and networks and connections that we gain from higher education. So you might take a course on politics and learn, you know, the basics of American government. Something that, you know, we might refer to as civics is something that is oftentimes a formal component in college degree programs people also benefit from really valuable social networks that they continue to draw upon after higher education. And so that might lead to employment opportunities. It might mean that you're actually mobilized to participate in a political campaign or that you're tapped yourself to run for office. There are skills that you develop in the course of pursuing a degree, like public speaking skills or skills with organizing events or projects on a short deadline. So there are a number of really valuable aspects of higher education that I think promote strong citizenship.
0: So final question, where do you believe American women stand today when it comes to their journey towards
1: full citizenship? You know, early on when I was talking about this research, I would say that higher education policies have helped women to become full citizens. And so people quickly corrected me and they said, but women haven't completely reached full citizenship. We have a long way to go still. And I think that's a very accurate correction and I've more accurately framed my work as suggesting how higher ed policies have helped women to continue moving toward that first class citizenship. I think that as we look around and we see women who are turning to trainings to become viable candidates for elected office and they're seeking to get trained as candidates, they recognize that political institutions are one area where women have yet to be equally included. I think that with the Me Too movement, we see a lot of women and men who are standing up against sexual harassment and unequal treatment of women in the workplace and in other institutions. I think this shows a recognition of women being treated as less than full citizens. And I think actually that women's experiences in higher education have played a really important role in demonstrating the type of citizenship that women have a right to and really empowering women to stand up and speak out against things that fall short of that.
0: Deandra Rose, Assistant Professor of Public Policy and Political Science at Duke University, the author of Citizens by Degree, Higher Education Policy, and the Changing Gender Dynamics of American Citizenship. Dr. Rose, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for talking to me today.
0: For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.